Listen up, Gotham. This is Batman. Tune into the Bat Fanatic podcast with Sammy Warmhands. And if you don't, I'll be coming for you. Hey, everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic podcast. Now, as always, my good friends Evan and Ben will be calling in from quarantine, and we're going to talk all about the Dark Knight. I do have to mention that Joel Schumacher comes up at one point, and at the time this was recorded, he was alive and well. So I just want to throw that out there. RIP to Joel Schumacher. We did not know about that at the time that we mentioned him. And we are going to shout out our sponsor, Radar Toys. You can get free shipping in the U.S. at RadarToys.com and save 10% using the code BATFANPOD. Today we are talking about a spinoff from the animated series, The Double Build, Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero. We're rolling. Hi, I'm yeah. Sammy Warmhands. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben Polanski. I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was too good, man. Yeah, that was. There will well, never be well another. Played, well played. Thank you, Tracy Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. I listened to that Death in the Family yesterday, and uh, I thought it turned out really good. That was a fun one. I think it was good. It's really hot in my apartment, so I'm not going to talk at all. Oh, today. okay. <laughs> Talking equals sweating, and I can't do it. Dude, I always sweat when we do these. I don't know why. Like, it's because I'm like sitting still with my arms in place. And then, yeah. like, there's no, slowly dying. There's, but there's no, like, air getting into the pits, you know, because I'm just sitting here with my arms down. Yeah, I desperately want to open the window in front of me, but it's too noisy. Yeah. I can't do it. Well, it's like, in the past, we take a break in between episodes, and then I'll, like, come back with a new shirt on, you know? Maybe you guys are like, oh, yeah, him and his T-shirts, and I'm like, no, I just sweat through that other one. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy warm hands and his warm drug changes <laughs> all right shall we do it yeah let's do it mm. the, uh... oh wait <laughs> oh what the God. fuck last we talked about walk hard last time and yeah. one of the best songs is that let's do it song where it's all sexual innuendos that one is hilarious oh question does anyone know or do i have to look this up when did the new batman adventures start like the redesign for the animated series because i want to say it was 97 i don't think that i've even seen any of that i haven't watched any of that era either when you were talking about that i was like what What, did i black out when i was 12 what happened yeah yeah because like everything was redesigned but they kept most of the same cast the animation just looked different? Yeah. 1997. Okay. Whoa! All right. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, so, Batman and Mr. Freeze, aptly titled, because there's not a lot of Batman in this movie. No. So, it's a villain story. So, Batman and Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, in 1998. This was directed by Boyd Kirkland of the animated series, written by Randy Rogel and Boyd Kirkland, starring... The all-star cast from the animated series, Kevin Conroy as Batman, uh, Michael and Sarah as Mr. Freeze, Lauren Lester as Robin, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred, George Zunza plays Dr. Belson. We know him from the animated series as the Ventriloquist. We've got Bob Hastings back as Gordon, and then we have a recast Batgirl, 
by Mary Kay Bergman. I thought she did a great job. Yes, I felt like that was different. I actually had to look that one up because um, I, I couldn't tell if it was the same person or not, but I thought she did a really good job as Barbara. Ben, do some more research. When did Mortal Kombat first come out? <laughs> Before this. This Batman, Scorpion. <laughs> so it looks like Mortal Kombat 1 came out in 1956. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, the black and white version was the best. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-two. Ah, uh, copycats. And then, last piece of the puzzle is composed by Michael McHuston. You know, it opens with the the Elfman '89 intro theme, and sort of like a weird bastardized version because they're using the logo in a similar way and stuff. And I was like, "Oh shit, they're going back to Elfman." And so I assumed it was Shirley Walker. And a few minutes in, you get the like sort of '70s. Lilo Schifrin, like, breakbeat, funky sort of, you know, <laughs> thing like that they would do on the cartoons, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit, like, I think they got Shirley Walker. I'm going to look this up. And I'm like, nope, somebody else. And then you kind of tell as the movie goes on, it gets further away from those things. But they definitely really start to, like, root it in the show pretty hard right out the gate. Yeah, it felt more, overall, it just felt like one long episode. Yeah. Like compared to Mask of the Phantasm, which had felt like a, a motion picture, like a heavy yeah. themes, some some arc to the story. This was just kind of like one little conflict stretched over the length of the movie. I think that's right. And this one was straight to video. It was a VHS mm-hmm. project, and so it didn't necessarily have the same stakes. You can tell it had the budget because they were doing some great shit with the animation. Yeah, it looks really good. Heavier on the CG, yeah. which now we're right in like the cusp of, look at how cool CG is. So there'll be shots of like the Batwing pulling up to the oil tanker, and then you get a yeah. 180 degree, like, take it all in. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's sort of like good. we talked about the intro <laughs> of Phantasm, you know, the beginning credits in the Phantasm, where you're using that style of computer animation over the top of the city and how cool that looked. You know, now they're starting to integrate that more into just action scenes and stuff, which I thought was cool. When that track changes up, I was like, is this Chemical Brothers? What is this, <laughs> like, like Batman remix? <laughs> Club beats? There was a lot of licensed music in the movie. Uh, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a trip. There's Flamingos, Only Have Eyes for You. I was like... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's cool because then all of a sudden it's sort of rooted in reality, but it also kind of throws me off when everything else is from just an entirely different universe, and then you have these random things that like, oh, no, this is Earth, I guess. This is the world you live in. (laughs) It's the 90s when everyone dresses like it's the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sutsu riot. (laughs) You're right. That did happen for a minute. (laughs) Shout out to Steve Perry. I wonder what the reasoning was for changing up the music so much that was I, I didn't really like that very much in this and i don't know if, would do you think they had like restrictions because somehow it they didn't have like all the same licensing or are they just trying to do something different for funsies changing it you mean having a new composer or having all the real songs in it uh, um no like how how different the the orchestration is and like the composition they didn't seem to use all the things that we know nearly as much as usual. 
could have been a budget thing. I mean, it seems like so many things are budget things in some way yeah. or another. Yeah, it's, it's weird because the show itself was a live orchestra with Shirley Walker. And so a straight-to-video thing kind of past the peak of the show, I'm not really sure. You know, it seems like they put most of their money into the visuals. That's true. You know, I bet Conroy recorded all his lines in a day, you know? <laughs> yeah. They just reused some bits from the show. Is probably the way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's he's barely in it. sound cut off when <laughs> imported that. I like how they open by explaining that it's the 15th anniversary of Nora and Freeze. And then somehow, I, I don't really get what the fuck that was, but like the submarine wrecks into their lair. Just because they're jerks. Some government submarine i don't know like yeah, yeah. you're gonna explore the inside of ice so yeah. yeah in the ice so we have Even to crash through that, it violently crash through it they they uh you know they're all military but then you have that uh you know six guys or so they're they're the ones who are actually gonna hop out and they're gonna walk around but like what the fuck are they doing they don't explain like yeah. oh we're gonna go gather some core samples or anything they're just they're like be careful, it's cold outside. I know, you idiot. It seems like the they, first thing they discovered was the rest of their crew frozen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh. It makes me think of that last Godzilla movie, you know, where they're like exploring and then they fucking find Mothra or something. But in this case, they just were surveying this area and crashed right through it. I don't... I, I don't <laughs> do they not have... That's a lot of ice. Do they Let's not have sonar on this submarine? Do they not have telescopes or, like, anything? I do think part of the blame should go to Mr. Freeze. Because I get that he wants Nora to be near him. But having that thing, yeah. the Nora capsule just on the ice, <laughs> on an iceberg, super unsafe. unsafe. Yeah. yeah. It's precarious. That's true. That's true. For oh. someone whose, like, entire purpose of life is uh, to <laughs> protect the health of his spouse, he sure endangers her a lot. You put it right on this ledge here. Okay, Nora, stay safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy knows what she looks like. She could be in a mostly metal cylinder, like a, like an eye slit. Yeah. You know, so he, so he can like look at her eyes, but instead her, her capsule is 95% glass all the time. Oh, yeah, she's like a, on display. Yeah. It's like cosplayers will have their suit, their their bat suit on display, you know? <laughs> Do you think? Do you think some super fan has like a f life-size Nora capsule in his bat cave? Now that you in say a, it, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a super not creepy way. Oh uh, yeah, not creepy at all. I got blocked by this dude a couple years ago because he shared this. It might have been a commission, but it was like of Mister Freeze carrying Nora. She was like draped over his shoulder, but it was like from the back, and was walking away from the camera and you could like see her full ass and pussy. And I was like, cause it's about heart. I was like, this is so weird. And all, all I just commented was like, man, this is kind of weird. And I got blocked. Don't crush my dream, man. Yeah. Don't shit on my art. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't trying to diss. I just didn't understand. Like, I don't know, man. There's that whole genre of people who like uber sexualize 
cartoon characters for no good reason. I'm like, sitting right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about my people, Ben. Sorry, man. Well, yeah, but also the whole like. I'm not saying it's weird. It's great. It's, it's super cool. You do you, buddy. I mean, it's not just that, but it's like she's comatose, man. That's weird. Yeah, it's, it's a weird choice for those characters. It's not like uh, um, like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy doing like a pinup pose or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'd rub one out to that. Comatose wife. <laughs> Booty up. Oh, man. <laughs> How do we transition out of this? I was going to say when the... It didn't last very long, but when the guys bust through the ice, you have the whole thing, and it, it disrupts the cave, and there's there's crap everywhere, and, and Nora's containers gets busted up. And then the, then the guys... Uh, come out the upper portion of the submarine and they're going to go explore. But in my head, I was like, where's Mr. Freeze already? Like it, they didn't show like a massive cave in, like coming from the ceiling or yeah. something. So in my mind, the thing just pops out of the ground. He's probably just sort of displaced. Like, Hey, what the heck is that? And he I think there was up. a shot of him kind of like lying strangely or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After the fact, they like have his, you know, hand coming out of the ice or something. I was like, oh, he got buried, I guess. But I thought that he would just be right there to be like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? Hold on, stop for just a second. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what about my wife, <laughs> guys? Well, wait, Thanks. you just said something that stood out to me. You were like, I, there's a shot of him laying strangely. And then I started thinking about, you know, in most normal conditions, he has to wear that suit. How does he fucking sleep? Does he lay down in that fucking thing and the side of his head's just... His bald head just <laughs> sticks to the glass, yeah, you know? Yeah. Every time he moves his head, it's got that little oily spot he leaves on the glass, you know? Uh, you, can, you can't clean that off. <laughs> yeah, because it's on the inside. <laughs> um, in uh, Fifth Element, when when uh, Lilu first gets made and she, she like, sits up in her container and, like, donks her dumb, I bet he's doing that, like, all the time, but it's really close <laughs> to his head instead shit! <laughs> you know, that's it's it's like the Michael Keaton bat suit where uh actually I feel like that trying to wear a mask and glasses at work all the time is like you have to turn your shoulders and your whole <laughs> body. You can't just like use your eyes to look down, you know, because I can only see through this little narrow slit under my fog <laughs> under my foggy glasses and above my mask, you know. You need a full glass tube yeah yeah exactly i want to be bubble boy um <laughs> but mr freeze is kind of like the michael keaton bat suit where like he can't just use his neck to look down or he'd smack his head he, he has to move his whole body i never really noticed that before you have to bend over at the waist yeah make like a 90 degree angle does this motherfucker have slip-on shoes he must he looks like he wears like purple uggs purple shiny uggs <laughs> oh yeah he was a trendsetter. That was before they were even popular or maybe existed. I like the bat logo in red right off the bat, too. I know that that's nothing, but I really like the color combo. It looks good. You're talking about in the intro CG? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it just looks good. I think the CG even looks good on the vehicles, which is where it seems like they use it the most. Dude, the best but, is the Batwing, man. The Batwing yeah, the is that really good. Woo, the I, flames. I kind of mm. really hate all. <laughs> I kind of really don't like it, but I like the Batwing the best out of all of it. It's distracting. I think that's the biggest knock against it. It doesn't fit with the rest of it. But those yeah. models at least looked cool. Well, there's some shots that are interesting, like in the climax at the end, 
I think there's a shot where there's the bat wing up in the air and like Robin hops out, but there's normal animation like coming out of the CG animation sort of like they're merged in the same shot. It's crazy looking. It's it's yeah, well done. It's well put together. Yeah, but it's sort of like what happens in a movie when there's a thing that's CG and you can tell it's CG. It's like I th- I think what Ev's talking about is kind of the cognitive dissonance of like, well, there's two different mediums. What what am I looking at? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's real? Yeah. Yeah. Which one of these cartoons is real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, my only thing is that I just hope that they can make stuff match. If if, yeah. it, if it was me attempting to do that kind of stuff, I would just try to make the CG stuff. There has to be reasons for doing it. We talked about the uh, shots around the city and how hard that would be to animate the angles on all these buildings and stuff. And I totally get that, but I just wish that stuff would look more similar so that you're not kind of in and out of looks all the time. Yeah. Or if you have shots where say, um, you know, Robin's riding a motorcycle and his motorcycle is, CG, but then his body is not, you know, and yeah. then there you have like two figures, two separate styles of animation, like right on top of each other, and it just doesn't look so hot to me. The, the perspective is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like getting those things to line up, the bike leans, and somehow he also has to do it to match. It just makes it less likely to actually to look good together to me, unless people are like doing it really well or do shots that don't incorporate both simultaneously if they can't look well together though you do you go from one shot one style other shot different style there's kind of a disconnect but at least you don't have this odd fusion of the two elements yeah it's sort of like mixing 3d with 2d you know yeah it reminds me of when we did the detective comics run the rise of the batman how it switch artists you know, mid book or something you're like, whoa, what, what just happened? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we said, then it can work, but a lot of times it is just distracting because you're, you're absorbed in this one universe. Now all of a sudden you're in a universe where the rules are totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to not love CG stuff regardless, but what I like it the best is when something is only CG. I'd rather see all of one type of animation you know, just make it like strictly CG. That's cool because I can fully buy into that because that's all that I'm getting. Yeah. But I think uh, I'm just imagining this movie from this time period. I don't want to see the all CG oh. version. <laughs> <laughs> it would look bad. Yeah, I'll take the 2D that you give me. They, yeah, for they, sure. They could do the Batwing flames really good, but other than that, <laughs> no. Got some nice, some cool uh, 90s CG polar bears. Yeah. Um, chasing a 90s CG Batman. <laughs> I feel like the characters would look horrible. Yeah. You guys notice there's a couple of shots of Barbara. I think they might both be in the climax where it's like close up on her face. She's reacting to crazy shit happening around her, like explosions. Just for a split second, they like break. Uh, what do you call it? Like when they're on brand, you know, when the character is on on model, like they give it to, uh, an, to an animator to do and they like oh. they break the style, you know? Yeah, non-keyframes or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah. I forget what they call it, but she was like off-brand. She has sort of like an anime face in a couple of shots. Oh, uh, that's funny because I was going to say that those, as far as just drawings go, my favorite, my favorite drawings are from when they're on the oil rig and they're specifically when those zoomed-in shots where it's pretty much like shoulders up and yeah. you're just getting like more facial detail and stuff. 
Yeah, there's only like a couple split second moments, but it's like, whoa, somebody else did this part. <laughs> yeah, I remember that she's got one or a couple, and Robin, same kind of thing. It's even uh, in the trailer. If you watch the trailer, you can see that shot too. Totally. That's funny because before we watched this, I looked up the trailer first, and yeah. I noticed the same thing in those trailers. I was like, hey, this actually, I thought that, <laughs> kind of bumped. Yeah, I thought. I know that, what you just say. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought, like, I thought. That, that the animation was going to be really stepped up in this one because I, di- I didn't know it was straight to video. I'm thinking it's riding off the back of Master the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Granted, it uses Mr. Freeze, so potential to be not what Master the Phantasm was. But then when I saw some of that artwork, I was like, oh shit, like I think that they kind of went in on this. And then that ended up not really being the case. Well, also. You paid for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, $3. Well, when you say that about Freeze, though, I mean, he was one of, if not the most acclaimed episode. I think the Emmy Award winning episode for that first season was Heart of Ice. And, you know, that's widely regarded as one of the best, most grounded, real stories on that show. Which is crazy because it is fucking Mr. Freeze, but yeah. I I don't feel well, I, like they has the same emotional weight in this one. I do love him as a character. I just I don't know how much you can do with that guy because he his shtick seems to have him kind of in place all the time. Well, yeah, if he doesn't have it's always going to be a Nora story, you know, whatever yeah. he's doing. And so he's not someone you want to see pop up all the time. It's like watching the Batman origin over and over the Wayne's murder or something, you know. You can't have Batman without that, and you can't have Freeze without this. So You can, but it would just, it, it would, it risks becoming weird or not true to the character. Yeah. And when I think of Mr. Freeze, I think of this version, the animated series version one, because... Yeah. Yeah, that voice actor, that voice is that's perfect for that character. And the effect, so good. oh god, the filter is so good. Yeah, but then also they they strike a nice balance with him because despite being not a ninja or like a special operative soldier, and also being in this big unwieldy suit, he does have a little bit of that physical threat that not all Batman villains have. Yeah, like sometimes people go toe to toe with him, like Robin or somebody, and they don't win necessarily. He beats them maybe because he's just a big dude or because. He's a big dude who knows how to move his body or something like that. But this Mr. Freeze strikes that nice balance of being a mental villain for Batman, uh-huh. a challenge because of that, but also being physically threatening as well. Yeah, and again, not just being a quote-unquote villain, diabolical scheme person, a threat, but actually being a sympathetic character, you know, a complete person. As I talk about with like the mirrors, he's, he's the idea of uh, Batman's obsession, the idea of something bad happens, yeah. And he takes a vow, and then he's consumed by that vow and that obsession. And that's what Mr. Freeze is, just for Nora. And he, he's the other side of the morals or the ethical line on that, because he, he doesn't mind hurting people. Although, even though he, he sets the, the actions of this movie in motion, it's the other doctor who gets to come up and said the doc killing him in the boat. Yeah. And Mr. Freeze kind of still gets a sympathetic ending just because of the character's motivations. Yep. Even though he's also just as responsible for all the bad stuff. Yeah, Mr. Freeze is almost like if you're talking about him, you know, these villains almost being like a portion of Batman's uh, personality. Like if you were 
if you were to give Batman the option of doing something to save his parents, like, I don't know what that would look like, reanimate them, kill the person who killed them in advance or something like that, to what end would he go? And that's what Mr. Freeze is doing. You know, he, in this, and then just reading Court of Owls, he's clearly like, I don't care. I'll kill anybody pretty much as long as I can have my wife back. And he's like, yeah, cool, whatever it takes. This is jumping ahead, but I do think it's relevant because that's one of the things that I kind of don't like about that little one-shot in Snyder and Capullo's Batman. I appreciate that they're trying to do something different with that Mr. Freeze, but making it so now it's not actually his wife. It's just like some creepy obsession. Like, it was already creepy before, but now it's two steps beyond that. It's, it's not even your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's just some random woman that he's obsessed with, which it that takes away the sympathy of the character. Now he's just another weirdo, where before it was like you could at least understand what he was doing in a more human way. See, I think that that works, though, because it's such a contained story. You know, like, if you were trying to do Sub-Zero and that was part of it, You'd be like, well, what the fuck is this? All this shit for that sucks, you know. But like, <laughs> but just as a single issue, I think it's it's really great. I mean, they give you this like traumatic thing in childhood with his mother, and then when Batman comes to swoop in at the end, and it's like, oh no, this woman's been in here since the forties. You never knew this person. You've never met this person. Like all this shit's in your fucking head, you know. And then to resolve with that final flashback of of him and his mom in the ice at the beginning is just like mm, i thought that was that was so good by it's itself but it's so alien to what i know the character or what i want from the character we better not talk too much about this because it's not this episode <laughs> i guess well, that's, that's a, that was my main point is that i really like this mr freeze even if not a lot happens to him in the story i think i mean uh, the only person who has an arc does anyone have an arc in this movie like do they change in any measurable way other than the doctor getting killed but i mean like mm. does the character do any of them change or have growth not really i mean <sighs> uh when the tanker stuff is gonna fall on mr freeze he looks scared for a minute and i was caught off guard by his emotion <laughs> <laughs> well no that's a good point because i guess maybe he's the closest one to having an arc although it's like he starts out as a good guy tortured again by society becomes a bad guy but then in that tanker scene when he helps them or like uh when batman's coming up after rescuing whoever was down there and they think freeze has abandoned him again but he managed to drag his body over to the elevator yeah. and put out the fires there so he does help them yeah and he also uh he's he's busted up and he tells batman to help everybody else before helping him so he has been kind of nice uh before we <laughs> go too far from the end of the movie, you mean? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, yeah. Before we absolutely finish this tw 20 minutes in, that makes Sam's commented on that guy's fan art that much creepier. If he's carrying his, if his, like, if that bare ass lady isn't even his wife, it's just some random lady. No, man, she's been dead since the 40s. You don't even know that lady. Cover her up. Oh, so bottom. romantic. What a romantic yeah. story. Oh, you bringing that up now makes me question, like, Earlier, I mean, I know we say whatever, but like, did I just say pussy on the show earlier? 
I think I did. You've said it every episode so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> I say it every time. <laughs> yeah, see, it frequently dropped. It comes out all the time. Yeah. Oh, man. This is a podcast for children, you pig. <laughs> I really love that. Uh, I, wait, that, last you know, time you running... said it's 60 and up. <laughs> <laughs> said uh, that one female uh, pussy burglar that's always running around town. <laughs> you know... I have such a soft spot for cats that I never like the pussy puns when it comes to cats. You know, people are like, oh, oh, look, look at my my furry pussy, whatever. I'm like, that. Hey, fuck you. That's a sweet kitty, and you will hug yeah, him. Yeah. Those are my people. You can shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Also, who are you? Get out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we just uh, said it like 15 times. That's the that's like the lowest hanging fruit, anyways. I don't think that. Like, sexual innuendos can be cool if they're really clever yeah. or well-played or something, but that's, like, the dumbest... Yeah, I don't Man, like it. You got a fat pussy. No. Shut up! Yeah, puns in general are double wordplay I don't like, but... Oh, really? You said you, you don't like puns, and I love puns, so me Yo, and Sam are on the this same is the, This is the fucking same person who was going all in on the Mr. Freeze puns on Batman and Robin. Because they're said with an accent. That was a bad accent, but... <laughs> Schwarzenegger that's all yeah but also like shoemakers doing everything really well so puns are, you know, <laughs> pu- puns are elevated puns yeah, are like the writing the best in the movie in general it just elevates everything so yeah, yeah it's, it's the best the puns have ever been in defense of that guy for a, a microsecond I just have to I was editing the episode and noticed that you kept saying that uh, but it's like it's like mock with the with the ah sound Shoemarker? Yeah. Shoemarker? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because we made some joke, me and Ben, about making... Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Uh, Me and Ben made some joke about making shoes on that episode, and as I was doing the edit, I was like, oh, he didn't pick up. He kept doing it. So... Yeah, I mean... That, how do I know, how do I know how to pronounce, of you. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce these strangers' names. I'm sorry. I mean, I probably butchered some on the intro. It just occurred to me just now. Those like fries. It's Mr. Fries. If I, I feel bad at that at all, it's because that dude is my hero, and somehow I didn't actually know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> See, I always say freeze. Like you know, it's 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 freeze without like the German. hard Z. You know, that's how uh, I always heard it. Freeze. I thought yeah. it was Nora Fries, like French. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's French. Man, reading is hard. I just look at the pictures. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here for like the bare butts and the comatose. <laughs> All right, this is getting weird. I'm gonna go back into uh, Batman's first action scene. I thought it was really great when um, he has the the thieves are in the getaway car. And he hops on the roof of the car. It's kind of a classic Batman moment, you know, like, what was that? And, you know, they pull out the gun, they're looking up. But he doesn't, like, punch through the window or do some dramatic shit. He just, like, throws his cape over the windshield so they crash. <laughs> like, that's genius. I love it. It is, but that was, it took me out a little bit because I, I, all I could think of was, like, they're going to run over two pedestrians. They're going to slam into a truck, and Batman's going to fly over the hood of the truck and slam into a brick wall. (laughs) Because he couldn't just punch through the side. All according to plan. Okay, so blinding the driver and then punching the driver out. Yeah, and then grabbing the steering wheel and quickly slamming them into the side of the alley before they barrel into the Oh, I see, I see. No pedestrians will be injured in that act. I see. I I was like, either way, he's incapacitated. What are you talking about? But you're saying, take the wheel. 
Yeah, like just stop it before it goes into the street. Okay. I like that he's uh, outside the window and he just has the window covered up with his cape still. So the guy's like, "Is it what's going? On? Is it nighttime?" Like yeah. it's so stupid, but he just doesn't know what he's looking at. How to get black all of a sudden? Like, bitch! <laughs> this movie is called Batman and Mister Freeze. Come on, you know who it is. Sub Zero. I don't know. Um, um, there was a couple of other callbacks. Um, I like in the end of that scene when they're capturing the guys, Robin goes after one of them who is running away and he shoots the grappling gun, wraps around his feet, which again, I never understood how that worked, but it looks cool. And then he, he drags him and it looks exactly like Batman dragging the, the don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. In the beginning of 89 on the rooftop, he does the same shit. He throws the batarang and, like, you know, pulls him by his feet. I was like, oh, that's so great they're using that shot again. In that scene, they show the guy being drugged along the ground, and they they draw in lines, for like his fingernails. You know, like in horror movies, mm. somebody will, like, they'll scratch stuff. But it's always, like, wood or something that makes more sense. This guy's leaving lines in the asphalt, and I was like, how? <laughs> how? He's a cyborg. Yeah, was, he's adamantium <laughs> fingernails. Man. No, uh, Batman and Mr. Freeze and Cyborg Henchman. Yeah. Uh, long, long fingernail guy. He was uh, from Hardak. Yeah, Gotham's least favorite villain, fingernail what's, man. What's Hardak? Hardak is the robot. Yeah, Heart of Steel from the animated series. It was a two-parter, Heart of Steel, where they are like kidnapping people and then replacing them with cyborgs like they do it to Gordon. And Barbara's like, Barbara's like, uh, something's up with Dad. This ain't right. It turns out they're all fucking robots. Yeah, Jim Gordon ended up having like a ginger mustache. And she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> something's she, wrong with Dad. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm fine. It's like, that's all you've said for three days. I'm fine. Nothing. <laughs> oh, man, we got to watch Heart of Steel, the two-parter for one of these then. That was a good one. I, I had never seen this movie. I vaguely knew that it existed until only a few years ago, I think. Same here. I Actually, I picked it up uh, on a, a double feature because after we saw Phantasm in the theaters, I was like, fuck, I've been sleeping on this. I got to buy it. And so I found uh, at my local record store, they had in the used bin, it was like $3 or some shit for Phantasm and Sub-Zero on one shit. I was like, yes. Are these the only two movies they made from the animated series? As far as I'm aware, I mean, there were some other things that came after that. Like, I know there's like Batman and Superman uh, team ups from, uh, I guess, I think a little after this. Was, um, didn't they have their own show too? Or, or was that were those just crossovers from their two shows? I don't know, man. I kind of, at that age, I was already into punk rock and the Schumacher movies had changed my appetite for Batman for a few years. So it's Schumacher. It's oh, thanks. But keep, keep thanks. Going. Oh my God. I'm going to cut out what I said earlier and just leave that. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. But, uh, hey, did the, did the car chase scene, was, was that before or after Batgirl's introduction? Cause that was like one of my favorite parts of the movie. That was after. Oh no, no. You're talking about Batman on the roof car chase scene. Uh yeah, what Sam's talking about where he hops on the guy's car was yeah that, that was that was before because then right after that yeah right okay. after that 
they're at the I fucking uh, the the fundraiser or whatever, and yeah. uh, Gordon's talking to them, and that that like cutting back and forth. It's like you've got yeah. plenty of competition, Dick. Lots of guys are after her, and it just like cuts yeah. to her like roundhouse kicking dudes in the face. Yeah, that part was so awesome. Her fight scene was animated really well. Yeah. I really liked the way she was treated. I mean, this was sort of like a, a killing joke thing where, like, you get a little... There's an aside of Batgirl, and most of the time she's held prisoner, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's it's not really her heroic story, but I still think they treat her well. They do. It's uh, thinking back about my when we talked about how could they have fixed that in the killing joke. And I thought, like, the easiest way short of doing like you talked about the way they did in the movie version of having something at the beginning. Yeah. It could have just been a one page, uh, a one page dedicated to her after Batman finds out the Joker has attacked her or maybe right after he visits her in the hospital, but like right before or after that, where he's remembering some moment of pride of her doing her job. Well, being a hero. Well, yeah. And so that's what this one kind of, it doesn't make up for it. Cause that probably wasn't a criticism yet, but that it avoids that because even though she's captured, she still manages to uh, run away from them. She probably could have kicked the other doctor's ass, but and, she doesn't have time. And she does the heroic thing too of she gives herself up. You know, when Freeze comes with the fucking bears and the goons or whatever, and you know, Dick's fighting them off or whatever, and she's like, "Fuck it, just take me. I can handle myself." Mm-hmm. She's not Batman in the embassy ducking to let the bystander get shot yeah. in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> oh, man. No way, I've got a crowd full of people to sacrifice. There's no way I'm going down without a cold fingers fight. That's funny. I love, um, it's not this movie specifically, but the animated series. I love her character design. I like the, the incorporations of the yellow. They were there already. But um, the like the its similarities to the the television show and and then the the fact that her hair is like a it's like a blob it doesn't have, yeah. it doesn't have like it doesn't have tapered ends it looks like it's always in a hairnet but you don't see the hairnet that's it just true has these like round shapes I think that looks so cool I think that despite how iconic his Batman is that. Bruce Tim just far and away does women the best. I mean, like all yeah. all the female characters on that show. Well, he invented Harley Quinn, didn't he? At least the visual look of her. Yeah. Yeah. They're just gorgeous. I mean, you, you take any of those characters, even just when they're out of character, you know, like the Harley and Ivy episode or Barbara just being Barbara, their faces and just everything is, is so full of life it's so awesome versus like yeah. all the guys are just these big square head thugs you know yeah. and and i love everything about that i don't mean that in like a negative way but like i don't know there's just something so charming about him it's like all the elements that he applied to the males almost fit better on all the females i think like with their tiny little ankles and their little triangle feet mm. all really suit these little but agile ninja ladies really well yeah or all the guys have their manly chins they're just square they're like flat on the bottom and then all these ladies have uh you know their their chins are more pointy or it doesn't look like anime but the ladies get like a bigger eye treatment and stuff that just you know everything is really popping it looks super cool yeah 
So I think Freeze uses his powers really well in this movie, his technology. Like when he takes Dr. Belson, he just has created this ice slick off camera. The guy just turns the corner on a regular ass night and spins out, you know, like when he does take Barbara and he's in that chase and I think Dick is on the motorcycle and he just like, oh shit, he's gaining on me, sticks his hand out the window with the freeze gun, shoots the ground beside his car and Dick spins out behind him because how could he not? Like it's kind of the perfect car chase weapon, you know. I love that. I, that's that's in my notes too. It's like speed racer with his oil slick or something like yeah. that. But it's you know Mister Freeze's version. I, I think that that is super dope. In that scene, I was wondering if it was because even though you have to show Robin as being extremely skilled too, yes, you also have to show that there's a difference between him and Batman. So in my head, I was trying to think like, what would Batman have done? Would he have immediately like launched off the motorcycle onto the truck to then throw his cape over the front windshield <laughs> <laughs> careen off the cliff. <laughs> well, what, what they do really well for Robin, he slides and he's about to go off the edge of the road. He kicks off of the bike and lets it fall. He hits his chest real hard. It knocks the wind out of him on that tree you see the awkward position he's in and he's dangling over the precipice. Like a normal person couldn't just get out of that situation, but because of his acrobat history, you watch him fucking rock, rock and flip back onto the guardrail, which I thought was, that's a thing that only he would have been able to get out of. Yeah. You believe it easily. Exactly. Earlier on in the, uh, in the motorcycle chase, he, they have the whole thing with the, the the toll booth area and the jackknife semi and all yeah. the stuff and the in the car pile up and Robin like goes over it and slides down the other side and I was like oh man this is like Robin <laughs> motorcycle down <laughs> the <a> city statue <laughs> I knew I liked this <laughs> what do we think about Doctor Belson looking like uh, the Silver Fox era Frank Sinatra. I like his tiny little eyeballs. I like how he doesn't have any white. He doesn't it's have any white blue. around his pupils. It's just the blue. I like it. I feel like that had to have been modeled after Sinatra. Like they have him come straight from the fundraiser, so he's wearing the tux. Uh, he's got that round face with the blue eyes and the the gray. And I don't know, man. It just looks. It's a dead ringer for me. Got those baby blues. And he's also evil. <laughs> yeah, he's got all his mob friends. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of love it. In the club scene, when uh, Barbara gets kidnapped and the, and the polar bears bust in, there's this short shot where she's up against a wall, cowering um, from one of those polar bears, and it totally has like a xenomorph Ridley uh, aliens thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> not enough drool. Yeah, not enough mouth um, no, no second smaller polar bear head. Yeah, a little baby one comes out. Uh, I like that how they. When I say they, I mean um. I'll just edit this. I liked it. <laughs> when I say I, plug it. Group were you gonna mention? Plug it. Yeah, they. <laughs> 
I like how Freeze is explaining this situation to Belson once he's got him captured, right? And he's like, well, there's no donors available. And he's like, then we'll find a live one. And he's like, whoa, motherfucker, that shit's crazy. I'm not doing that. That is <laughs> fucked up. And he's like, how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> You know, like he turns That's around so gold. fast, you know. Yeah, yeah I think it's because he shows I have another rock of gold. I have another nugget. Oh, okay. I've, yeah, I've got more nuggets. Like, oh the, shit! Uh, That's all you got to say, well, man. That's what I think is interesting about those two characters because Freeze in this story gets some kind of redemption. Like he's worth it. His wife gets saved. He ends up back where he started. You know, free from the spoiler alert of other people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but so he you know, I mean he gets what he gets free he gets to be a hero and the doctor gets crushed by the doc the only difference between them being that Mr. Freeze wanted to pull the organs out of still living Barbara Gordon to save his wife where the other guy was like that's fucked up but I do have a lot of bills so, <laughs> so I'll do it and the, even I mean just that the, the punishment is so different for the two of them I thought was interesting I get it because again, Mr. Freeze is supposed to be sympathetic, but he was going to harvest Batgirl's organs. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's he's like a bad a, guy. yeah, he was like he's a murderer, but with good intentions. The other guy's a murderer, <laughs> but he's motivated by greed, and that's not cool at all. Yeah, <laughs> no, good of conviction. Then you're combining sins. It's just not right, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can't double up. It's <laughs> twice, it's twice as bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When <laughs> I love when Barbara gets out of her room, she fights off Belson and, and she gets out and she runs, realizes she's on like this big oil fucking rig, whatever it is. She comes to the edge, right? And sees all the way down the cliff into the water and they do this awesome shitty double take zoom from her perspective at her feet. It just does this really quick like in out, in out, in out, in out, like... <laughs> Oh my god! I thought that was pretty funny. Anytime you show any bat people reacting to heights, I always don't believe it because these are people who jump around skyscrapers. Like there would never be a moment (laughs) where any of them would stop at a ledge and go, "Whoa!" (laughs) Not affected. That's true. She would jump off, and she would like monkey bars underneath the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) it's fairly innocent but reoccurs in different things where you have this like older female character not really seduced but like sweet talk a child into helping them it like kind of trips me out sort of weird i know that there's no promise or any like favors you know talked about or anything like that but it's just kind of weird to me i read that as more of like a friendly almost maternal situation of like you know this guy's a piece of shit, right? Like, I can help you get out of here if you help me get out of here. I'll look out for you. And he's like, no, he's not that bad. He was just going to harvest your organs. Yeah. He's she's like, well, see, he I'll made breakfast. You. He's like, not yet. I'm only 13. <laughs> no, I don't Look's know how genders. to do that yet. It's creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just an equality thing. It's weird. So then we got Bruce and Dick... And now, I might be jumping. Man, I, Go ahead. As much as I like um, Batman's voice in this as being super iconic, I I think that I love Robin's voice just as much. 
Oh yeah, Lauren Lester. Oh, yeah, that's good. Lauren Lester's yeah, the I man. Care of that guy though. What? Uh-uh. Have you seen a picture of the the actor who voices Robin? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, it couldn't be further from what he sounds like. Yeah. Really? Well, because I, I looked at his IMDb page and it's just like a, a guy like with my balding haircut. Yeah, shout out to Lauren Lester. I want to get him to do a, a bit for the intro, too. I've been thinking about that for a while. We'll have a Batman version, a Robin version. That would be cool. That would be badass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen up, Gotham. <laughs> We're swinging into the Batman <laughs> podcast. Boy, wonder. Friday afternoons, four to five. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bruce and Dick do this uh whole investigation i feel like i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit because we always talk about the batman trifecta and in the detective category this is a detective story on his end but it's kind of laughable he comes across prior to knowing this thing about freeze right he comes across the melted crashed car when he leaves the uh fundraiser there's the water everywhere he looks in the glove box. He sees the thing for Dr. Belson. He's like, huh, that's weird, right? And then he teams up with Dick to find out what happened to Barbara when Freeze took her. He's not putting any of this together at all. He goes to his old friend Mahiko, and she says, oh, yeah, if you're looking for somebody in cryogenics, look up this guy, Dr. Belson. And he's like, oh, I know Belson. That must have been this inexplicable swimming pool that I found a car in. I'm like, bitch, who do you know that does that? One person. Waterman. Yeah, yeah. Aquaman. Greatest... <laughs> yes. Aquaman stole that doctor. <laughs> yeah, I was a little, I don't know. I was, I mean, I was giving this Batman credit for the detective stuff. Because the checking the registration, uh, analyzing the phone recording, where he's like listening for background noise, and then yeah, that that was really good actually. Yeah, and I thought that was all good. I, I thought that the registration thing was cool just because he was he took the time like where can I find any evidence on this, and then the fact that he remembered it and put the two together, I thought it was cool. I just felt like he should have asked more questions at the time of like, oh, we just stumbled upon this lake and a missing person. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if only someone had the ability to get the answers on this. But he just kind of carried on with his day. It seemed like, I mean, obviously, someone in your inner circle gets kidnapped. You're going to follow up on that. But just, I, it just seemed like he could put that together. He would have immediately reported it to the police or done something. Yeah. Else. So while he's, he's hunting for Barbara, they're doing something with that. I think that comes from at least a bit of animated series Batman is not as bad as like Bale Batman or some of the other Batmans where they all they are is a rich guy who can fight well. He's not that bad, but he's not the comic book Batman who is like really smart. Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, he's not that. I mean, he is he he detects things, but he's just he's a lot more like average tough guy who's smart, but he doesn't deduce things the way the best detective Batman does. Yeah, I mean, I would generally score him pretty high in the detective category for the the animated series batman i just i don't know that one just seemed like i have more faith in him than that uh maybe drinking, it was a party he didn't want to <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't wanna. Overturned, overturned cars are totally standard in gotham city you just you gotta like oh, i'll just wait to hear back from the pound about that <laughs> and also if it you know 
what would they do to show you more and then part of the thing is that they have to reveal some stuff after the fact we we know what happened but we have to show yeah him coming to I, some kind of conclusion i felt pretty good about all that like it didn't i wasn't too i didn't think i had long enough to think about it as you did of like oh shouldn't they have done something because i guess I, I must have just been i have no life <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, i don't think you anything- pause it after every yeah it takes me three days to watch one movie yeah it's really such a jerk that he just left that car upside down i mean i like the belson was doing the insider trading and you know batman goes to the the dude's broker and wiretaps it and all the shit i mean i all that shit's great that like that's the level that i would expect from him for sure i love it so my i mean it was a very small part of no, that process i mean that's like me criticizing the throwing the cape over the window yeah i think it's legitimate it's a weird move for a guy who otherwise knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah i got sweat around here there's an upside down car i gotta go <laughs> I gotta get out i don't know that it's really an easter egg if it's intentional or not but when they're looking up the stockbroker's name the guy's last name is arbogast and that's the name of the detective in alfred hitchcock's psycho oh I was wondering where, where that seemed familiar. I don't think it's his first name. It's not Dean. This guy is Dean Arbogast, but that's the last name of the detective in the movie. Good catch. Bingo. I think my favorite thing about this movie is that the big fiery climax at the end, like if you yeah. want to compare to to Phantasm, right? They both have this sort of big fiery explosive ending, but this one for Batman is purely a rescue mission. There is no big boss fight or anything like that. It is just solely, it was detective and altruism all the way, just trying to save people, not trying to apply 200 pounds of pressure on their clavicle. Put someone in their place. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I, I thought that that was a nice little change because you know the animated series batman is not always the best fighter but he is one of the most moral versions that we ever see and and so that just was one of my absolute favorite parts because morality sells toys and that's what it's all about (laughs) the oil rig explosion in the end of the the explosion in the shockwave is like the coolest part of the movie to me it yeah, the whole last scene is really well put together. Yeah, it yeah, looks I great. Like, I like a good water shockwave. It really gets me. I like sort of the epilogue as well. We have the Summer Gleason cameo where she's on the news explaining the story, and we see that after all that shit, Nora actually lived. We have uh, Bruce Wayne Foundation or whatever funding the procedures and so you said ben a little bit of redemption for him that he did this sinister shit and he almost did did it the wrong way but his own technology did allow her to be saved uh that made me wonder sorry ben apology accepted yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, all he walked away with really was like a busted leg. Yeah. He doesn't get to be with his wife, but she's alive. That's all he ever wanted anyway. Well, and they think... He, he gets what he wants. And he's basically left for dead. And it's, you know, we, we see that he clings on to the polar bears 
and escapes because um, it's for kids and he has to live. But but the, the, the guy's motivated by money gets crushed to death. <laughs> true. That's true. But like on the animated series, they had these standards and practices rules. So like there's constantly people falling from planes and rooftops and helicopters and they always land in water always <laughs> a pile of garbage next to yeah, the yeah yeah or a kitty litter truck yeah. they always you land know, in the you water know if you fall from water from a tall enough height it still kills you it's like hitting cement i'm sure that's yeah, just like hitting anything but like the shot of the polar bears when the polar bears are rushing batman and robin and he's like wait wait jump and he lets them go off the edge i like that that is what happens to every mid-level goon on ah. the animated series. The same shot of them falling, oh shit, and then you see the heroes are hanging there, and they pull themselves up like, all right, we escaped, right? But then there's a second shot that shows their heads come back out of the water like, oh, we're okay, though, don't worry. Oh, I'm going to call my wife and my kids. Yeah. I'm going to rethink my life. Oh, man. I like that, the shot where the partially because of the angle of them hopping off that platform to grab the edge of it, partially because it's set behind them and I like their little backwards hop. Yeah. But it was kind of kind of reminiscent of the Red Hood movie where they're fighting so well without having to talk to each other about stuff. It's yeah. not that like the hey Ben, before those polar bears get to us, oh shit, no time. <laughs> like they we're going to punch him, right? That's what you're Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I did it. I thought you were going to dive into its mouth, and somehow it's going to live. I, I really like that they have such a, a, a good relationship and, and rapport that they, they're just on the same page. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, cool. We're going to catch. We're going to jump backwards and catch ourselves. They, I got it. They know the move. They just need to know the timing. Yeah, for sure. I just think that's really cool. And I don't want to see any polar bears die, so I'm glad that played out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did you remember their names? Uh, Toka and Razor. No, no, it's not. It's uh, it's Nachka and uh, Shaka. Okay, is that for real? Yeah. Oh damn! I knew that. I was just checking. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> oh yeah, I, of course. I wrote it yeah, because I, I like it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nachka. <laughs> okay, but the real trivia: What's the name of the little Eskimo boy? Huh? Dude, I don't give a shit about that kid. <laughs> Something with a K. It ends with a K or starts with a K. Is is it Kunu, which is Paul Rudd's Hawaiian name in oh for, for getting <laughs> Sarah Marshall? Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it? That kid got seduced anyway, so he's a weakling, and I don't care he about that He did not. Multiple times, by Freeze and by Batgirl. Yeah, man, he's a putz. He was not trying to fuck Barbara. <laughs> Bro! And more importantly, Barbara was not trying to fuck that kid. <laughs> you don't know what he was trying to do with his dick sickle. I bet like maybe a year or so later, when he's entering that self-discovery phase, he's like, oh man, was I reading uh, those signs wrong? But he's trapped in Antarctica. Yeah. With just Mr. Freeze. Yeah, and the Mr. Freeze. Man, I made some bad choices. <laughs> this guy swims around in his boxer shorts all day. Yeah, that was that's kind of weird, actually. Like, hey, man, you've got a child around who's not your blood. Like, put some fucking clothes on, man. You don't understand the ice. I must the water. <laughs> I love fish. So many fish. Do you think Mr. Freeze's dick gets smaller in the cold or not? No, he's acclimated. Okay. 
but it does you swell. Rush it does. That no, it get, no, but it <laughs> swells really big when it gets warm, though. <laughs> it's, the, it's the opposite. It gets extra big when it's hot. <laughs> oh, which is partially why he's like he's at such risk because all the blood flows there. Yeah, he's he yeah. <laughs> it's not. No, it's like out of concern for everybody else. Like. I don't want to rip another pair of pants. <laughs> We're answering all the tough questions about this character today. Yeah, how many people have thought about this stuff? All the while judging someone else for very similar weird things. Um, Pros? I feel like I didn't say it, so I can say it. It looks great. It looks fantastic. I suppose this goes with cons together. My only real complaint about the movie is, again, just that not very much happens. Yeah. Both in terms of actual plot but also in terms of what the, the characters do or how they change, other than Mr. Freeze. Um, but everything else is great. I mean, that's the acting's awesome. It's like a long version of a short story, whereas yeah. Mask, Mask of the Phantasm seemed to fit so much stuff in in probably what's about the same amount of time. And yeah. this this one is like, uh, it's got uh, two, two settings, <laughs> like city and... Uh, well, I almost felt like it wasn't fair to say that it's a long episode of the show because some episodes of the show in 20 minutes or 25 minutes covered more ground than this whole movie did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I was just watching a movie this morning. I woke up a little earlier. What movie? Bloodfather with Mel Gibson. It was like his first acting role after many years of being shunned. You know, say what you want about this guy, but like it is a really Bloodfather, great guy. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. But it's a it's a really really tight, well made action movie. It's ninety minutes, like right on the nose, and nice. it's like a very small story. It's not a big end of the world thing, you know. I mean, they have like they're on the run from cartel or whatever, but it's still a very like at its core, just a father son two people or, or father daughter two people uh, trying to survive sort of story. And I, I like that so much more than a convoluted, you know, one where they're trying to throw in more shit than it needs, more subplots and whatever. But I feel like that is a good example of a lean story where there's no wasted moments. I don't really have any specific cons for this movie, but yeah, you're right. It just doesn't feel like super fast-paced like the other well, film we, we did. have to watch Barbara. It seems like we watched Barbara try and escape like three times. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is cool to watch your skill, but that's a wait. It's a waste of time. You should really have one good scene of that, and then use the other time for something else. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I, that's I why thought I thought, like, having not seen this before, that when she got to that point when she ran to the edge of the tanker and she saw she was trapped, that she was gonna like go into hiding and do some kind of like pick at them from the shadows kind of thing. Yeah, but that that never materialized either. She just like, oh, I'm captured again okay just set some booby traps or something something like that yeah be yeah. a bad hero home alone sub-zero <laughs> <laughs> my only real con is just that i don't love the cg 2d animation fusion yeah yeah i i get that but i think it works better here than it did in the comic where we had that same issue i like parts of it i like the i mostly like the bat wing that's pretty. That's pretty much it. I don't really like how it looks with anything else. Seems out of place. I really do like the use of the original cast. Um, what I was asking off air before we started, the new adventures 
of Batman and Robin or whatever it's called, I thought that slightly predated this show, which I don't understand why they used the original design for all these characters, but I like that more, so I'll put that as a pro. What year is this from, 97? This is from 98, and I had you double-check the date. I I was thinking that that redesign for the show was on 97, and it was. So I don't know why this exists in a bubble outside of that, but I'm glad that it does. When or were there any movies made based on that new adventure redesign stuff? Not that I'm aware of, but I'm not 100%. I mean, I was late to discover these anyway because I, I just had the animated series DVDs, you know, that I've watched a million times, but I never had the later ones at all, really. So I lost you there, Sam. Yeah, I didn't get that last part. Am I here now? Oh, he's out of here. Uh-oh. I see you guys. <sighs> Call yourself a leader. Am- <laughs> what? Yeah, just a big exclamation point. Yeah. I'm nothing? Wow. Bring it back there, boss. You want to talk crap about Sam? Boy, it's not around. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> In this dumb face. Wait, can you see me? <laughs> now I can. Okay, I was about to hang up. I, yeah, I had you guys the whole time. Uh, yeah, you were gone for us, and you, now you're back. Um, I like your C. Martin shirt, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a good, classic. Good Still in very good shape. That looks good. I don't um, remember what I was saying. You're talking about the new Adventures of Batman that you... Oh, yeah, yeah. CDs so, yeah, I, I count that as as a pro having the original cast and the original design because that's some of my favorite shit. Yeah. It's I, nice to be in this world. I do think that pros list that they that they did some more and, it, and it's almost all oil rig on but I do think that there was some like really good shots and some real good character animation. There's um, like one shot in particular that I really like is when Batman and Robin shoot up their <laughs> drugs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When they're like, oh, man, what a just... what a bummer! And so they just like do some dope together. <laughs> yeah, when they, I don't know what that thing is—the bat claw, whatever. Grapple hook. Back grapple, grapple, grapple hook. When they shoot that thing up to Barbara to what? That's what? like it's. I mean, maybe second to Batarang, but come on. Like, What's that thing he throws that's the, shaped like a little bat? The grappling gun. Drives? It's called it's a like grapple a, hook. It's like an automobile. Yeah, but a grappling, hook is a, no, a grappling hook is a thing attached to a rope that you have to like fling, and it actually has like a hook that hooks around stuff. Theirs is like a press gun thing and with a little grabber claw that grabs onto whatever they want. It's a mechanical bat grapple. But it's always been called either the grappling gun or the grapnel gun. Okay, then... Thank you, guys. <laughs> sorry. Make your point. Ask, ask a question. Feel like a dumbass. I'm sorry. Yeah. Make your point. Yeah, yeah. Evan, keep being on this podcast. So, oh, no. Batman are shooting up. Don't quit. Uh, yeah, so they're doing drugs, and they grab their, like, grapple hook, and uh, they, they're trying to help out Barbara. Then Mr. Freeze pops out. The guys are standing down trying to keep the, the line taut, and he... He shoots at them to break them up. And I don't really know how to describe the shot, but he blasts them towards a wall. They get like shot back towards the wall with the beam behind them, and then they like turn and run towards the camera. And then the beam keeps following behind them. Like he's shooting straight, and then he's blasting like left, but he's making them run towards the camera, and it just looks super cool to me. 
Yeah, the action shots are really good, man. I I think his powers are utilized really well. The vehicle shit is done really well. Aside from those super minor close-up shots of like Barbara's face being off model or or the standing at the precipice zooming thing, you know, aside from that, I hats off to these guys for the the look of this movie. They keep it consistent aside from the CG stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Trifecta, we already talked about the uh medical records investigation and all of the the detective work so we know that that was present i have a question it makes me wonder in the end nora ends up getting saved makes me wonder how long after that this takes place because the whole needing to kill barbara thing was because there wasn't any organs available so i'm assuming nobody got killed to save her after this, because that would be stupid. It was Bell's. <laughs> Kidnap someone else. Yeah, yeah. They just, like just not, just uh, not that girl. It was Belson. They used Belson's body for the transplant. <laughs> yeah, I'm like curious about whose organ that was. Not that it matters because they're all fictional characters. Actually, but also, or, or guns. It seemed like they needed a well, couple of them. No, what's great about yeah. that is they kept saying the organ or organ transplant, like, oh, that's the medical term for organ transplant. Like, they keep saying organ, and they never say what it is because it's like, oh, well, we don't want Nora to have a real disease, so we're just going to keep being super vague as to what it is. Like, McGregor syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Makes you very cold. <laughs> like, Which organ? There's bl- more than one? <laughs> yeah. We'll give you the blood type, but beyond that, we don't want to assign this to a kidney or a liver. <laughs> Full skin transplant. <laughs> yeah, her life is hanging by a thread. She needs a new left pinky toe. Oh fuck, she'll be off balance forever. Yeah, there's nobody with the right one. So, Ninja, as we talked about, there's very little fighting. Is there anything else there we didn't cover? No. Yeah, it's all pretty standard. I know this is more of a villain story. Was there anything in his trauma that? informed his decisions in this movie which title character are you talking about well i mean this is the batman trifecta this is your your section here so now it's the freeze uno (laughs) 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 nothing about batman having trauma or anything like that played into the story he's obviously upset about barbara being taken but that's not like it doesn't have any connection to his past or it's not his past man now i want to watch taken (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, I like the scene when they're at the party and the and the girl wants to pull him over to to meet his friends and he's talking to Dick about relationships or something like that. I mean, one, I like the idea of Bruce like maybe on his way to have a five sum. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he just says something to the effect of like, I don't know, I'll, I'll let you know how this turns out when I'm done or something like that. Yeah, it was some kind of question like, how's it going with the ladies or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I'll tell you in a couple minutes. Yeah. Once again, uh, surrounded by a, a whole cast of Bruce Tim bombshells. Yeah. More, more work went into those character designs yeah. than everyone else at the party. <laughs> Super babes. Rating? I give it a three. Me too. It's a solid three. I think that that is very adequate. I wrote down a four simply because I don't have enough complaints. I don't really have any complaints that are, are significant. So I don't want to take away from the, the cast and the animators that did such a great job. It's really well done, but I mean, I just think about having just watched the Red Hood. Yeah. Like, compared to what I felt 
during that movie. And watching this, I felt nothing along those lines. I didn't, as far as emotions. <laughs> I felt I nothing. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> I'm just empty, dead on the inside. <laughs> um, typical. No, but it just didn't, it didn't approach any of that. And for the whole thing being a character story and about that, it needed a little more of that weight for me to rate this higher. But yeah, I don't want to take away from the things that are done well are done very, very well. And the, the quality of the animation is excellent. I, I feel the same. I, I thought that it was entertaining, but I really felt neither here nor there about it. I just kind of... Like, yeah, were I was you worried just, at any point during the movie? I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, one other thing that I liked is that when he he's headed out to the oil rig and he's got the bat wing and he flies out the cave and the the cave exit has like a bat logo on it. And I was like, God dang it. Like if I was rich enough or if I was like a, a character like this, I would just millionaire. Have my, Evan yeah. Paul. I'd have my emblems like all over everything. Just to remind yourself as you flew out of your home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh this yeah. Is my cave. This is my, this is my shit. Well, that brings me back to Paul Rudd once again, because in this is 40, he has that, uh, failing record label. And uh, Chris O'Dowd's character is like, you know, maybe you wouldn't be struggling so much if you didn't spend thirty fucking thousand dollars on this neon sign with our logo on it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Obviously spared no expense. That's cool. He he can afford it. But like, who is that for? Like, it could just be a hole in a wall. Alfred just wants to remind Alfred. The plane doesn't have to be shaped like a bat either. That's just for him. People see that, so they know it's not. Yeah, a random yeah. Plane. The cave logo is just on the inside of the cave. Yeah, that's true. It's just not necessary. It's just Can you necessary. imagine him, him there hanging from some kind of like uh, mountain paint, climbing gear? Painting it. Stalling a big... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So he can't have any laborers in there. He like can't bring a plumber or an electrician in yeah. there because it's the Batcave and they'll know who he is. He did all of this stuff himself? No, Alfred is his slave. Oh, God. I think it's he's a little a... bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's a very able-bodied old man because I think that installing a shutter door like that in the side of a cave wall would be fairly intensive. Yeah. It's one of them. Anytime you see something like that in their house or in the back cave, one of them did that work. Yeah. Or maybe like, you know, Robin got in on it too or something, but it's, yeah, there's, there's no crew coming in. But who stuffed that Tyrannosaurus? Alfred. Ooh, and that'll tie into the next episode. Cliffhanger. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can help spread the word just by taking a screenshot and tag us at BatFanAddict, A-D-D-I-C-T. All right? Now, that little teaser at the end, next time we're digging into a comic classic, a modern-day classic that kicked off the new 52 with the bang, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's masterpiece, really, in my opinion, the Court of Owls. We're going to do both uh, books, Volume 1 and 2, and it was a hell of a good time. We got plenty more up the sleeve now that we're quarantining with nothing else to do with our lives, so we appreciate you guys tuning in and talking shit with us. See you next time.